towel on the season already. I'm trying to literally talk him off the ledge. Step back's not worth it. This team stinks. They do this to me every year. I'm sick of it. You're listening to the New Jersey Guys podcast. Talking all things sports. By the fans. For the fans. And now your starting lineup. Chris Swenderman and Dan Tantillo. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the New Jersey Guys podcast. I am Chris Swenderman with my boy returning from the NFL draft over the weekend, Dan Tantillo. Dan, what's going on, man? Man, it was awesome. Um, so we were at the draft on Saturday. Let's let's back up a little bit. So okay. the draft on Saturday, the whole draft was held in Philadelphia. It was the first time that there was ever an yep. outdoor, a fully outdoor draft, and Apparently, I didn't even realize this until we were watching the broadcast of the first round, that the original draft happened in Philly way back when. 1963? In some hotel. Yeah. Look look how far it's come. I know. It's crazy. So we got down there Saturday afternoon, and it was hot. I don't know what you were doing on Saturday this past Saturday, but it it was was a hot hot one. Yes. Um, The setup itself was pretty amazing. It's right on the Ben Franklin Parkway. Which typically, if you're driving down the street, you're you're approaching the Arts Museum and you go around the circle where the statue is. And uh, you couldn't even tell where you were when you got in there just because of so many things that were going on. Oh, so cool. It um, it had a feeling like a music festival with all the vendors and activities and stuff. So we got down there in the in the afternoon. Uh, Immediately, we went to a bar. They had like all different nice kinds of way like to start. A, right. Of course. Uh, I mean, if you're going to have a $9 beer, might as well enjoy it. Fair you know, point. There. It was really cool. Uh, there's lots of stuff for the kids going on. There was a huge zip line that was going down one of the sides of the streets. That I heard that. See. I didn't the see it, but I heard it. The line was huge. So uh, I can only even, imagine. The lines were pretty big for everything, even on Saturday as the draft was dying down. They did have one of those like fake broadcast booths. Oh. And I should have gone on. One of my favorite things to do is, as we're going to talk here as if it is the 1940s and we got the NFL draft here, and it's a beautiful day in downtown Philadelphia. I love doing that voice. We, we do, just to let everybody know, we do that during work on a daily basis. We sit here and just do that. Oh, yeah. It doesn't so, even matter. So the 1940s right. voice, if, if the line wasn't so long, I would have hopped on video and done it just because it oh, would have been really funny. That would have been so classic. But, um. The draft itself, it was crowded. There's lots going on, but it was definitely something that all sports fans of any age could have enjoyed. Uh, one thing that we did when we were there is we tried to see if we could see a jersey for every single team in the NFL. That's what I would mean. Like, when you go on those long road trips with your parents back in the day, you want to find every license plate? It's exactly what we did. That's exactly what we did. So, like, we would just be sitting around the table, then all of a sudden, Seahawks! <laughs> felt ridiculous but uh only three teams we didn't see jerseys and this is just jerseys not apparel all right let me see if i can guess this okay um let's think of some obscure teams that may not go to the draft one because they probably didn't have much hope um i'm gonna say detroit nope there was a detroit Uh, um jaguars there was a couple jaguars okay I'll give you one more guess. Um, I, I you can see I'm really yeah. I get three for a dollar here. That's fine. I'm doing really well with this. Um Arizona Cardinals. Did see a Cardinals. Come on. A cool one. A cool Pat Tillman one. Oh, see so yeah, yeah, that's um, that's clutch right there. The one surprising team that we didn't see was a Chicago Bears jersey. Really? Maybe that's just because they were a little disappointed after the first round, but we'll get into yeah, that. Yeah, I, I was bit. gonna say I was uh, I'm not even gonna rip Bears fans yeah. at this point. They're 
Yeah. Um, the Texans we didn't see. Wow. Okay. A little surprised on that. And the Rams we didn't see. Huh. Okay. So a couple of Cleveland. Right. Um, actually, a good amount of Cleveland. What they had a lot to be excited about. How could you not? So let's get into some of the highlights of uh, the draft itself. Um, I think we can first just get into the first round and talk about all the surprises. Uh, a few episodes back, we talked about John Lynch. See? And the 49ers. What did I say? And I will give you credit when credit is due. I doubted him because he had never been in this position before that I didn't know what to expect. And he kind of took advantage of the Bears right oh, away. Yes, he did. <laughs> to put it nicely. He fleeced them, boy. To put it nicely, he kind of took advantage of them by moving up one spot and getting three picks in return. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think that was definitely a, a highlight. Um, I think that the, the overall, the quarterbacks being drafted so early, I think, was probably yeah. a highlight. And the skills player itself. I, I think there were a few surprises in the first round, and I think all the quarterbacks that got taken early preempted a very odd first round. Yeah, for because sure. Because there was so much movement early on, I think it threw everybody else off. I think so, and I think it benefited the local team, meaning the Eagles. I think it benefited them. What about the Jets? Yeah. Jets got a draft pick that was supposed to be gone uh, from LSU. The kid from LSU was supposed to be gone within the first three picks. He fell to the Jets at six. Yeah. Jets were doing like car wheels. That's crazy. Yeah, it, it really was. That that whole first round was great. See, now here's my question. Yeah. What was the atmosphere like on day three? Because there's really not as much excitement. For, from a fan's perspective, there's not really as much excitement about the guy getting drafted in round six and round seven than there is in the first round. So what was it like being there and being, you know, um, like what were, what were the people like doing? Were they still as excited? So I would say that they were... We were right in the bar area as the Eagles were making their pick. Right. And they brought out Morris Chestnut to do the pick. So then once they announced the player, loud. Crazy people going nuts, even though it was the fifth round at the time. Uh, I Did would they say, still do the fly, Eagles fly? Oh, yeah. It was, oh, it was God. It was loud. Believe it or Nauseous. not, I was just reading a report. No arrests made by Philadelphia police. I was going to wrap it up later when we were done talking about it by saying, good job, Philly. You didn't get anybody arrested. Somehow, everybody, this should serve for Philly fans. You could be human. You could act like human beings. <laughs> it can be done. This is proof. You had fans from every team, and somehow you didn't find yourself getting arrested. Well, well done. I well done to the Philly fans. I am surprised that the person who ever mooned the, the Cowboys, Cowboys jersey right. didn't get arrested. But I mean, that's funny. I made sure I did not put my face. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think real quick, just wrap it up about the draft. A couple other highlights I would say was the Drew Pearson speech. Awesome. Amazing. Absolutely. Awesome. From two Cowboy fans sitting here, that Drew Pearson thing was just awesome. He literally would just not back down and just screamed over them and just no, taunted it them. Great. It was absolutely the greatest thing. And I'll have it be said on record that I am not a Roger Goodell fan. No. So... Neither, always, is, the, neither always, is the town of Philly, no, apparently. No, So I always get excited when he gets booed. Right. I did wear my, shout out to Barstool Sports, I did wear my Goodell t-shirt. Oh, such I wasn't a good gonna, I wasn't going to wear a Cowboys jersey. Not worth any kind of aggravation. Right. But uh, apparently you would have been able to get by, it seems. Yeah, I wouldn't, nobody would have got arrested, and, and so that, that would have been good. But just to, just to go back for a second, Drew Pearson, Hall of Fame wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, announced their second round pick on Friday night. 
and he came out of obviously to a chorus of booze from the Philly fans and proceeded to just yell over them like they weren't even there. And Philly fans like to be intimidating. And Drew Pearson wasn't even intimidated. He actually threw it back at them and gave it back to them twofold because he just kept saying, like, the five-time Super Bowl champion Dallas Cowboys on behalf of owner Jerry Jones. He got everybody's name in there that he possibly could. Oh, and, yeah, and, sure. then, and then screamed their pick, like, with such pride. And, like, just... I think it actually took the wind out of the Eagles fan sales. Like, they didn't know what to do. No, because he was going to keep going. He was kind of right. just trolling... The Philadelphia yeah. fans. He, that, he was just like, well, well uh, thank you for a great career. Yeah. Like, thank them for a great career playing against them. That's I mean, so he funny. literally zinged them every way he could. So if you weren't watching the NFL draft uh, Friday night, that's what we were alluding to. And the fact that Goodell got booed every time he was up at that podium, yeah. including when he thanked the fans and they still booed him. And he looked over and he goes, they realized they're booing themselves, right? Did you hear that get, get caught <laughs> yeah, on camera? Not, it was not. awesome. That's awesome. Um so we saw a lot of passionate sports fans at the NFL draft all over. And I, I think that it was a real success. And I think that it, it does show a platform for future drafts of what cities can do. Absolutely. To throw it off that way. Yeah. I, it was a big, it was a big party. It seemed like all weekend. And I mean, even on TV, you, you could get the vibe that everybody was just having a great time. And um, I hope they actually do it again in Philly. Cause yeah. I would like to go see it. The only time I've been in, to the draft is, in New York in 2013, okay. and um, it was a wonderful experience. I would definitely say any NFL fan should do it at least once, Yeah, but I was definitely jealous. Even somebody who's been to the draft, I was even jealous at looking at that scene because that looked yeah. really cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, something that's not as fun for myself has been the 2017 New York Mets season. Yeah, and, about um, that. It's, it's getting really, really bad. Really, really early, and I'm about to play a clip from a 12-year-old oh, fan boy. who goes by the name of Mets underscore Manatic, or Maniac, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> that's a word, Manatic. We're going to just introduce Did and you? make up words here now on the show. I believe you put your emphasis on the wrong syllable when you read that. <laughs> Never even heard that. <laughs> Readings is hard. It really is. So, again, 12-year-old at Mets Maniac on Instagram, and he kind of went on this tirade, and we're going to play it real quick and just show you how it sums up how Mets fans are feeling right Can't now. Can't wait to hear this. Oh, my God. We won two out of three. Big deal. This team is an absolute f***ing joke. 23 to 8. Cindergarten, get out of here, you little Barbie doll. Get the f*** out of here. <laughs> go get your go get a little robotic arm, because you can't even stay two innings for this team. Terry... It's over for you, you little head. You little orange. You small as shit. You just need to get out of here because I'm not. I'm not liking what I'm seeing from this team. Better oh. wake this team up. Oh my lord! You little orange. God, I, I, if the parents, I think this kid needs um, a little bit of a. I don't want to say smacking. Oh but yeah, I'm alluding. Oh no, to no, no, he needs a beating. <laughs> And by the way, I'm very happy to see Honey Boo Boo has a brother that it's we didn't know insane, about. Insane, this this kid. Are you kidding with this kid? But at the same time, he is kind of expressing everything that Mets fans are feeling. Let me just so he said the score in the in the game, and he did say that incorrectly. But the Mets did right. lose yesterday to the Washington Nationals, twenty three to five. And yeah. what is even worse than that is Noah Syndergaard was taken out of the game in the second inning. 
And I believe today we have confirmed that yes. he has a... Well, uh, an injury to the lat muscle. Yeah, tear. So that's... A, tear, a partial tear to the lat muscle. And that just adds to this month of misery with for no, the Mets. With no timetable. Now, I'm looking right here at a... When he rolled um, At the DL or the Mets injury list. <laughs> and it's just amusing that the Mets even put this out this way because it says the injuries, right? And then it says their returns next to it. So for some, it says day-to-day. For most, it says status uncertain. That's great, you well, know, because you want your organization to have somewhat of an idea of when these players could be back, but they don't know. And then the other parts, for Lucas Duda, Wilmer Flores, and Brandon Nimmo, it says early May question mark. Alrighty then. What? How does a team like this not know how serious these injuries are? And at what fault is it the players? At what fault is it... The manager, at what fault is it? The training staff? I am ready to call the season over for the New York Mets all right, hold on, on May all right. 1st. Er, hold no. on, hit the brakes. Time out. Go ahead. Let's, let's have a reset because the fact that you just said that worries me. It's May 1st. You got three more. This is, yo, know, I'm going to use that old, old line. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Pace yourself. Relax. Yeah, okay, but you can't pace yourself when they you have. They won two out of three. This weekend. Well, did you hear the kid? That's not enough. Because <laughs> Who is? I don't want to hear from Honey Boo Boo's little brother anymore. It's but- he called he. The kid is obviously delusional. He couldn't get the score right. Number one, and he called Syndergaard little. Have you seen that man? <laughs> he doesn't. Have, he's he's not nicknamed Thor as like a goof. Yeah, that's true. But okay, so here's here's my perspective. The Nationals are absolutely killing it. No matter any way you look at it, Ryan Zimmerman somehow is amazing again. Right, true. Um, and they already have their number on the Mets so far, which is not good. Um, they are showing no signs of slowing down when the Mets are just getting injured after injury after injury. Um, but it's May. There's a whole lot of baseball left to be played. But you can't do that with a minor league team. No, you don't necessarily need a, a, a minor league team, but you still have plenty of good players that are actually playing. But this has actually been a godsend in a way because somebody like Michael Conforto, who I love, and I'm a Yankee fan, yeah. is actually getting to play every day now. Yeah, no, and I get that, but it's just so inconsistent with the players that they're putting out there and being able to generate runs and having support for those pitchers. Um, again, I think that there's something that's wrong with the training staff. That oh. all these players get injured like that? No doubt. And then there's no explanation as to what the injuries are for. I don't I don't understand the theory of you tell your player to go get an MRI. He doesn't do it. He pitches two days later, and now he's out with a, a partial tear and a lat muscle. I mean, if that doesn't speak volumes about the management of the team and who's running the place, yeah. I mean, that... but. There's a larger problem here, and the larger problem I have is with my on-air co-host here, Dan. He's really he, he's <laughs> throwing in the towel on on the season already. I'm trying to literally talk him off the ledge, like I am your policeman right now, saying, "Don't do it. It's not worth it. Just pull back." It's just it's not even enjoyable right now. And I guess maybe they're gonna get on a streak again, but I don't want to watch this team. This team is a disgrace. Like if you're if you're a fan, yeah, and you. You know, everybody's born into different teams, some by family, some just, you know, it was the first game, first team you watched or whatever, however you got there, you're there. 
Okay. You've invested yourself in this team. And I'm talking to Mets fans. I'm talking to Jets fans. And even now I'm talking to Knicks fans. And you know what? I'll throw myself in there as a Ranger fan. Yeah. It is painful. I know it. But you know what? You invest in that team. You have to pay. I don't understand the theory of throwing in the towel early on because they don't look they don't look good. Like you have to be behind the because, team one hundred percent. No, because it's the same thing over and over and over again. I every time I go into a season for either sport, my expectation is five hundred. Every single time, Think as a Mets it, as a Mets Cowboys yeah. fan, you have to go into that way because if you if you allow the expectations to get into your head, you're right. just going to be let down. Which I didn't. Everybody was painting the Mets as, you know, postseason favorites, whatever. I wasn't buying into that because I've seen this exact scenario that's happening in April, except happened down the road. So if this is happening so early, it's only going to keep spiraling downward unless something changes. If Terry Collins is removed, for example, well, yeah, maybe maybe that's something. Because all right, and you were saying something before about letting Syndergaard control his own shots, right? Right. Which Last I don't agree. Week, I don't. Uh, I, I, I don't I agree, agree with, with. I just said it's it's very telling at who runs who runs the place. Yeah, but at the same time, there was when when Yoannis Cespedes left the game early last week. He was in batting practice, swinging and falling to the ground every time he swung, and then Terry still plays him in that right. same day. Yeah. So he doesn't understand which way he's going. No. And then he tries to spin it around by giving the players a shot, and it doesn't work. There needs to be some sort of communication between the training staff, management, and these players to get them healthy when they need to be healthy, not rush anything, not misjudge anything, to avoid something like this happening so early. So this is, I guess, the equivalent of a football season and the Mets being 1-3, and three, right? So say... say there's a lot more games in baseball okay, than the I football. Okay, I understand, That's but, but it's the, hard to the first month, so the first month of football, it's usually right. four games. Right. So let's just call it that. So okay. say the Mets are one and three. If it's one and three, and the so Dallas Cowboys are one and three, and the Giants are three and one, is the season over? No, I'm still hopeful at that point. I'm worried. This difference in being concerned and th- and just ready to scrap it all and say, you know what? I'm throwing my hands up. At, at what point do fans, as passionate as we all are, and you, you know some of us, I mean, look at Philly. Philly yeah. has plenty of reasons to to be upset every year. Between the Eagles, the Sixers, um, you know, and even now the Phillies uh, the last couple of years. But it's what brings us together. It's the passion you have for sports that you have to keep rooting for your team. At what point do you just say enough's enough? Is there a point? As a passionate fan, as a quote-unquote diehard fan, we just say, enough, I'm walking away from it. It's not enough is enough yet for me, but I do think that any expectations of making the postseason are gone for me. So I will wow. still I will still cheer for this team. I'm still going to root for them. I'm still going to watch games, but I do not think that this team right now is ready for postseason play. But see, you just made my argument. How so? Because the way you were talking before, it sounded like you were ready to scrap the whole season. Why? I am scrapping the season. I'm still right. gonna, I'm, I'm, I have a little you... bit, but I have a little bit. I, I don't think that this team is going to make the playoffs right now. And I don't think that they are, you know, I think the season's over for them in that expectations. Now I just hope that the team that they put out there is able to compete and stay healthy for the long term. But I don't think the season is 
to be saved for the Mets. See, I would think that if you're scrapping the season at that point, you're not really cheering. You're not really cheering, getting them behind them for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's close. I'm very close. Uh, see, I'm no right good. on the. I'm right on the edge. You no were t- good. doing you the whole. Doing that. You're talking about the whole no, police no, no. officer. I'm on the edge. Oh, see, I got. I got. You've all- got. You've got your megaphone. I'm there yelling back. I do. Don't worry, Danny. Step back from the ledge. It's not worth it. I'm telling you. This team stinks. They do this to me every year. I'm sick of it. You, you right now are like Charlie Brown with the football. You are, you're, you're, you're tired of kicking the going I'm to kick the it. football because it gets it gets it's, pulled out from under you. It's so bad. And speaking of things being pulled out from under you, oh, how about that for you. a segue? Look at you. Um, that would be endorsement deals with Nike, Under Arm, Under Armour, or Adidas for uh, so three of the majors. For three right of the, the majors for Lonzo Ball. And part of the reason that they're saying that he is not going to get deals from these three companies is because of his loud mouth, stupid ass father, Lavar Ball. What a bonehead this guy is! Um, Lavar Ball, uh, the the father of this uh, collegiate star, um, Lonzo could be uh, for anybody who doesn't follow college uh, basketball, he could be. And I say could, because right now I have my doubts about this. Could be a top three pick in this uh, spring or early summer uh, NBA draft. Okay. Okay? Yep. The more his dad opens his mouth, you know what you hear? That stock is just plummeting. Because his it's just falling like a stone. Yeah. I mean... I, if I if that was my dad, I'd be like, Dad, please just do not help Stop. me at this point. Yeah. Stop. Like everything I've worked for, everything we've worked for to get to this point, you're just ruining it. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, I mean, he's his Lavar Ball, the father, has already insulted. Let me see if I get this right. Uh, at least two of the games games greatest of all time, Jordan and LeBron. Yep. He's compared his son to both of them and said that he could be better. Um, he's insulted other organizations and said, don't even draft my son. We're not going there. We're only going to the Lakers. And Lakers right now could be in the top four pick. Possibly. Okay. Possibly. We don't know that yet. But the fact is that this guy is just ruining his son's chances of anything. I, and believe me, I'm not saying nobody will draft him because they will. Yeah. But the team that drafts him is literally going to, cover their eyes and go and just hand in the pick and go, what did we just do? Because they know they're in for misery with this dad around. Yeah, I don't think that they want to have some kind of a case that feels like you're at a Little League game and you just have that one fan. Right. That one parent who can't stop just bickering and arguing all the time. And that's something that I've personally dealt with for sure. Oh, Um, I I definitely have on both ends of it. Right. On both ends of being a player and on being a ref. Yeah, so that's the thing is I used to ref sports when I was younger just to, to start making money, and I couldn't do it because I was so over just the outrageous nonstop bickering in your ear from the parents. Yeah. I've had to throw out a parent before as a 14-year-old. I just was like, ah, yep, you're, you're, you're gone. Oh, little daddy throwing out the parents. Yeah, and that's exactly how they felt. They're like, <laughs> seriously, this little ass kid is about to... Uh- Excuse, excuse me, ma'am. Could you please leave the premises? Yes, I need you to go now. You're being mean to <laughs> need- me and everybody else, and you're saying no, no words, and you gotta go bye bye. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> how I sounded then. But it's been crazy. There's, there's this one time 
We were in Florida for my brother was in the National Flag Football Tournament. And they were getting into it with this uh, fans fans from another team. I want to say they were from Maryland. I can't remember quite so. But they were just going back and forth, arguing with us, arguing with us. And then one of the mo- moms made a comment directed at one of the f- the sister of a player and called wow. her overweight and like oh, said, like, oh, you need to take, nice. care, take better care of your daughter right. before you could talk to us. They get into it. A fan from the other team pushes and hits in the face a mom from our side. Oh, and it boy. happened to be the mother who was married to a federal agent. Oh. So that got ugly womp, womp. quick. Um, it's not fair to the kids no. in any way, on any level, whether it's a collegiate level, whether it's just youth football, youth sports. We Time and time again, we're hearing stuff in New Jersey about... Right. Fans just getting way too into it. And parents, we get it. You love your little snowflakes. We get all that. It's fine. You can love them as much as you want. But shut up. Yeah, I mean. Shut up. Your your kid's probably not going to make it to the pros. Um, You could try and do everything you can and and push them and and keep challenging them. But it's just unrealistic, really, to think about it. They're living their life. You could clearly tell in LeVar Ball's case with his son. Yeah. He is clearly living through him. Yeah. And you got to stop. Let let the kids be kids. Let them grow up. Let them excel at sports if they're going to excel. But don't. Put yourself into the into it and interfere in it. All it's just going to make them miserable. Just be a fan. Be supportive if they need it. If it's a tough loss, have their back. If it's a tough injury, have their back. Just be there for them in any way. Just don't go over the top and make it to the point where it's about you now and right. not about your kid because it's not fair to them. You want to help your kids? Here is Chris and Dan's uh, great tip for all you parents out there that really want to help your kids when you go to a game. Here's what you do. Way to go, Johnny. Way to go. That's as much as you do. After that, stop. Let the umpires be umpires. Let the referees be referees. Let the coaches coach, and you sit there and zip your lip. Yeah. Wow. I like it. I feel like one of those parents all of a sudden. (laughs) I feel like I had to come to the defense of my man Danny, (laughs) my 14-year-old Dan Dan Tantillo, trying to just be a ref. All I'm trying to do is make some money so I can afford a car at 14, and I'm dealing with all these parents and stuff it's crazy no uh, i i mean and i was you know i played hockey growing up yeah uh for a long long time and then transitioned to wild uh for a while to being a referee and, and linesman and t- hockey parents don't play like yeah. they are not yeah. play. Yeah. like because most parents that i find that are hockey parents know the game sure so they're very well educated until they open their mouths and start yelling at the refs, then you think they're very uneducated because they can't seem to find many other words than ones that are very harsh. Right. Um, but, you know, it amazes me how far parents go. I mean, we've seen, uh, you know, you go on YouTube, type in hockey parent fight, and you will see a Endless. slew of videos come up of parents either grabbing sticks and throwing them onto the, the girl, getting into fights with other parents. It's embarrassing. Like, yeah. why do you want to embarrass your kid like that? Yeah. And embarrass yourself. Oh, well, obviously they don't really care don't about care themselves, about no. but think of your kids it's at some point. Yeah. My whole thing now is going to be my whole new campaign. I think Dan yeah. is going to be, don't be LeVar ball. Don't be LeVar ball. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, last, last week it was, don't be a mush. Right. This week that, it's don't, don't be, be LeVar, LeVar ball. ball. <laughs> 
That's too funny. Um, so that's, yeah, that's going to wrap it up yep. for episode four of the New Jersey Guys podcast. You can listen to it on our app, the NJ1015 app, or at nj1015.com. You can download it every episode and subscribe on Google Play and on iTunes. And I'm Dan Tantillo. I'm Chris Swindeman. Thanks so much for listening. We're out. We're out.